Welcome to Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. While you're enjoying this podcast, please share it out on your social media and also be sure to like the podcast on the service of your choice. It's Super Bowl week, which means today's guest is probably out in L.A. making quiche Lorraine for Peyton Manning or stuffed pork loin for Terry Bradshaw. And it's definitely being cooked on a Traeger. So please welcome Chad Ward from Traeger Grills and Whiskey Bent Barbecue for this awesome part one of his podcast. Alrighty, this man, he really doesn't need much introduction. <laughs> one of my longtime friends in barbecue. And we've kind of switched roles a little bit. Uh, so I'm here today with Chad Ward from, wow, I'm not even sure how to describe where you're from anymore. You got... You got Traeger, we got Whiskey Bent, we got, you're just, <clears throat> or, as I like to say, you're the guy that makes waffles for Dan Patrick, so. <laughs> oh, <laughs> How you doing, man. bro? Good, brother, good, good to be here, man. It is It is funny, the roles are reversed a little bit. They are, and uh, I couldn't be happier to have you be on here. You were uh, one of our earliest supporters in barbecue, and. Uh, you were also uh, there for a lot of our bigger moments in barbecue. Yes, that was really awesome. And uh, and my mom asked about you until her last days. She 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 fell in love with you down there in Alabama. I'll tell you what, man. It, it's something, in that, and that's what I think people miss about you know what we do. Yeah, we compete this and that. But man, I've built a whole second family. I know you have too. And, and, and a lot of those, you know, second family are just as close as brothers and sisters of blood. You know what I mean? And, yeah, to get to spend that time with your family and, the, and then, man, to punctuate it, you know, with, with you winning the, the whole thing, you know, on the on the barbecue side. I mean, it was just amazing, bro. It was, it was, it was so cool. It was, it was a good time. And uh, I'll never forget that moment on stage. They're going through the, through the top five, and I'm standing there hammered. Yep. <laughs> and you're standing right beside me, and – and they get the first, and you're like, you're like staring at me and hitting me, and I'm like, it's not me. I don't know what you're talking about. And you're like, it's you, bro. It's you. <laughs> yeah, that no, was... man, it, it's it's so much fun. And that's one of the things I missed about WFC back then, when a lot of us still went and cooked. It was, you know, the way they did awards and everything was pretty awesome. You know what I mean? Like, like, and then the two day cook, and yeah, you know, it was a really really fun format. You know, back, um, I don't know, back before it got too businessy, I guess. Right, and because you thought you were in some sort of barbecue Olympics almost. Like, yeah, you know, I ended up having to cook, what was it, three days in a row or something. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I'd never been in any kind of situation like that. And to be surrounded by a bunch of great people, it was it was a lot of fun. A lot Absolutely. of fun. Absolutely. And you had your hometown event this past weekend, the Lakeland Pig Fest. That's yes, awesome. man, we did. So 25th anniversary. Um, we missed you. Um, but man, oh. so awesome. I, I got to tell you, man, one of the highlights of my weekend. So December, I'm out in uh, Mississippi uh, at Heath Riles uh, Christmas party. He threw a Christmas party, invited a bunch of us. I know you guys were invited, couldn't make it, but just had a, had a good, good group. And so Tommy Houston happened to be coming through. And for you guys that don't know, Tommy Houston's old school competition barbecue checkered pig out of virginia you know, back oh, when I had, yeah back when i had my show i like always try to have tommy on once or twice a year because not only could he talk you know competition barbecue but guys been in the restaurant business forever uh you know does one of the biggest barbecue vending events 
you know, probably maybe the biggest barbecue vending, vending event of the year out there in that Reno uh, rib cook-off. Um, I mean, you're talking about those guys are putting out, you know, tractor trailer loads of cooked ribs. Um, and, and just a great guy, great husband, great father. And so we were catching up, man. Me and Tommy hadn't seen each other in a while. And I said, man, I said, you need to dust it off because you, you need to come out and cook Pig Fest. It's 25th anniversary. You always used to make the ride down. And he said, well, you know, Lisa, her sister's down there. That's his wife. And, man, that'll just, I think that'll work out because I think it'll work out. And she, Tommy comes down here, you know, tells me he was he's like, man, when I was up at 4 a.m. this morning putting that brisket on the jambo, you know, I was cussing. It's cold. And, uh, man, he, he wins brisket and takes a fifth overall out of a – I mean, you got to say, Luke, besides, like, the world championships, Lakeland's already a pretty pretty nasty field. I mean, there, there's some dang good cooks come down here last weekend of January every year. So that was awesome. Uh, my niece crushed it in the kids' queue again. She uh, – second steak, first in sauce, first in chicken, grand champ. So that was awesome. And then – uh we cooked with my buddy Tim Malloy from Backyard Bros, and we turned in uh, 18th overall with a seventh in brisket. But you know, you have me and Tim together. We had a we had a damn good time. We definitely probably won the party scene. Well, he <laughs> so what you're saying is if you helped Tim Malloy, that you basically did everything. He's kind of the he's kind of the Myron Mixon of Florida barbecue right now. He's got well, a lot of well, let, a lot of handlers. You you, you 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 had me and Tim there, which are very good supervisors. Uh, but we got to give all the credit really to Mike, Monica, and Patty for doing all, and Jack Peacock for doing all the heavy lifting. That's the uh, the, the bros crew there. But um, and then it was fun. Got to bring uh, my buddy Benny Kendrick in Kendrick Barbecue on Instagram. Uh, you know he's been to a couple barbecue competitions, but uh, had never been to Lakeland and never came here. And uh, it's cool to be able to take you know people from the social media world and bring them into you know what got us started. Um, you know, cause a lot of guys, you know, that, that used to be the way to come up in barbecue, right? You know, if you wanted to have a brand or something like that, you kind of came up through the competition ranks or the restaurant ranks. But now, you know, over the last decade, we've got this whole social media thing where, you know, people haven't had to open a restaurant or start a competition team to have a great following and, and build a great brand. Um, so it's cool to let them kind of see what, what we do and how we got started. Absolutely. And Lakeland is forever will be one of my favorite contests. And I, I hated missing it this year, but I had a great opportunity to go out to the Midwest and do some learning, which ended up being cut short by COVID. So that's, you know, maybe it's karma for me skipping pig fest. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the good Lord willing and the creek don't rise. We'll be doing it again next year, last weekend of January, and we'll hold space for you, old boy. And you know, I'll be there, buddy. You know, it. well, let's get into it a little bit. Uh, you know, I have a lot of questions and I know, but I know how this is going to go with me and you probably going <laughs> to get through five of them, which means we'll probably have to do a part two, but that's, I'm that's down. Totally, totally fine. You know, um, so you've really done a great job of taking barbecue and making a career out of it. What was the biggest turning point in your life as a pit master? Oh man, that's a, that's a great question, Luke. Um, you know, for me, I would say one of the big parts was going from just being a competition cook to being in the barbecue business. And that first step for me was opening our brick and mortar store here in, in Lakeland. Um, it was myself, my cousin, and the guy that helped me start the team, Jared Hatcher. So, and my cousin, Adam Norman, 
and we put together 30,000 bucks and um, started a store. And for anybody who's ever started a barbecue store, 30,000 bucks is not a lot. <laughs> um, but that was inventory, build out everything. Super lucky. My, my cousin, uh, they own the building, so we got a cut rate lease. Uh, him and Jared are super handy, so they did most of the build out stuff. Um, but man, we started it kind of one of those, if, if you build it, will they come? Um, they did. And I think that was a huge step of learning the business, kind of becoming a, a barbecue entrepreneur and putting that with, um, you know, the, the skills and the ability to, to cook and, and then teach. Um, but I would say if I had to go look at one moment, it was early on, I think I'd been competing two and a half years, but when I got the, the call to be on chopped and I think that was the first year they did chopped grill masters and, uh, they talked to 1,200 people, and I was fortunate to be one of the 16 that they picked. Uh, I didn't make it out of the first round. I mean, I'd still love to go back. If anybody from Chops listening, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I feel like with uh, 10 extra years of experience now, I could definitely hold my own. But uh, to me, it was getting that exposure that really, really helped. And then um, I was just hungry, man. I, I just love test cooking and, and trying to be the best that I could be. But I definitely think Chops was a great stepping stone to get a little bit of notoriety. Absolutely. And you've turned that into, you know, you're working for one of the biggest grill companies in the world and one of the best products in the world with Traeger and the store still rocking and uh, you get to get this. And, 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 you know, in between, you know, in between those two, we got the line of barbecue rubs. It's been like, right. I've been really, really, you know, it's one of those that, you know, you take a rub, you use it. But then scaling it up and, you know, is everybody going to like it? Was it something that we built just for the judges, you know, and um, and just, you know, taking our comp recipes with small tweaks. So when I say small tweaks, I'm talking maybe 2 3% recipe change. Um, probably most of that's for batching and not even flavor. But that's been really cool, too, because that's when it's cool, like when you're going through the airport and people come by. And, you know, the, the easy thing about me is even in an airport with the mask, I'm a big guy. I'm usually always wearing my shorts. So if people are like, Oh man, is that Chad? They kind of look and go, yeah, it's gotta be. What other guy dress like that and walk through the airport? <laughs> uh, but, uh, but you know, they come up and, oh, dude, man, I love the rocks or I love the blazing bird. Da, 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 da. I was in Academy the other day and they carry all your rubs. I mean, super cool. Yeah, man, that's great. That, it's just staggering to me how, and I think, you know, I think I might create another podcast just about the barbecue business and getting, because there's so many examples of guys that have turned our hobby into a livelihood. And, and I'm one of them that's trying to do that. And it's uh, just great to learn and great to hear from, from people like yourself that have been so successful. Now back in competition world though, you know, I have to think that you had some habits and rituals and routines and things that you had to do that you have to do every time during your competition. Is that true? Are you a superstitious feller? I, I, a couple, but not like super crazy. Like I always liked coming out of quiet time. I always was a big fan of, uh, amazing. I had a, a playlist and I, and I had to kind of dig deep to remember it this past Saturday, but, um, it's amazing. Grace bagpipe version. Um, then it goes into, uh, God bless America, Lee Greenwood, then um, Robert Earl Keen Barbecue. That's a great barbecue song. I love Robert Earl Keen Barbecue. And then it, it jumps the shark a little bit and goes to Soldier Boy Tell Him. And then we wrap it up <laughs> with a uh, flyover. 
But, you know, that was kind of one of those things that, you know, it kind of got me, all right, it's Saturday morning, we're in comp mode, you know, quiet time's over, let's get rowdy, let's let's get this thing turned in. Now, you, I know you got a little more of a regiment than me on that. Um, <laughs> but that was usually my big one. And then obviously, you know, we like to throw back a little shot with uh, every time we, sh- we close a lid. Uh, pretty adamant about that. Pretty adamant. <laughs> it's a part of the culture. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You know, hey, you don't want your hand shaky when you're trying to cut that uh, that brisket to put in the box, you know? So three shots in and, you know, maybe a couple of cold beers and steady hand. <laughs> steady hand. Oh, man. You know, one of the things that we talk about a lot on here are uh, successes. You, you know, everybody likes to talk about that. I like to talk about failures. Yep. Because I think that our failures are where we really learn. Do you have a favorite failure of yours during a competition that really set you up for success later? Yeah, I, I would say I remember we were in a pretty good streak, you know, one of those where, you know, you're cooking almost every or every other weekend. You know, we hadn't spent, finished out of the top five in a while. And I remember I, I was like, you know, and, and I, I want to say I can't remember exactly. We were maybe in a let's say this contest was either three or four back to back. So you got a little contest fatigue. Um, actually, I remember it perfectly now. It was the end of February. Um, and that was, there's a fourth contest that we have. And I just got lazy, man. You know what I mean? Like I'd done it three weeks in a row and I just decided to cut a couple of corners and man, we we got humbled. You know what I mean? And I was like, but but I knew going to awards, it was one of those, like when I when I closed the lid on the, the brisket box and we turned it in and we came back and cleaned up the table and sat down and Jared's like, so man, what'd you think about that cook? And I was like, man, that's all on me. I was like, you know, I had three things we were missing. I was lax, you know, we've been knocking out of the park. So I thought we could just, you know, roll on through it. And I made a commitment that day. We walked back from awards and I said, I'll trim my schedule down before I go out there and embarrass myself like that again. You know, it's, it's, it's not a, you know, uh, to a lot of us, you know, like, and that was one of the few years that I kind of cared about points. I knew it was one of the last years they were going to do uh, best of the best up in Georgia. So I knew I wanted to finish in top 10 FBA. And back then I was working in the software business. So I uh, wouldn't like now where if I wanted to go out and run a heavy schedule, I could. Um, so, you know, I, I knew I wanted to finish those top 10 in points, but I didn't want to do it showing up and half-assing it. Um, so that day four, I said, look, if I'm going to go out and I'm going to cook a contest, I'm gonna make sure I got my shit together, and uh, and I would say that was probably a failure that helped. And I and I treat events that way now too, you know, at Traeger and those kind of things. Like, hey, if the schedule gets too heavy, I'm gonna say, hey, I can't do this one before I go out there and just you know, mail it in because you know you you're putting your name on it. If you if it's worth putting your name on, you need to give it 110. Right, because I mean, you don't want to go from making chicken wings for Madonna to making quiches for Nick Faldo and have those quiches, <laughs> quiches be underwhelming. You just don't yes, want it, that in your world. I mean, can't, it's, can't have it, man. You <laughs> can't have it, Billy O. You can't, can't let down it. Nick just because Madonna was, you know, overbearing. <laughs> right. You can't have it. Oh, it's my favorite. Joke I know, to so do. you guys that don't realize, I'm sure we'll get into the interview. I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate to get to cook for some pretty cool people, but I love it because Luke will send me a text and like, hey, man, I don't want to interrupt. I'm sure you're uh, doing you know, Benedict for Tiger Woods, but can you <laughs> right? Can you give me a call? It's just super funny. Showing T-Pain how to make a 
pork tenderloin or something. You know, <laughs> I, I never, never, never know what, where you are, but it's it has turned into just a. It's been years long now. Yeah, it has been. It's funny. <laughs> so let's switch. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit into gear. Um, I've seen you. I don't think I've ever seen you cook on the same thing. Um, what's one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you've ever made in competition barbecue? Man, I'll tell you what. The first one I would say right off the bat is an instant read thermometer. Yeah. Um, and, and I would say not just competition barbecue. If you take your barbecue seriously, um, because after enough reps, you really don't need to look at the temperature anymore, right, Luke? You 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 slide that thermopin in, and you and you feel the yeah. You, know, you can feel that doneness and that tenderness, and you're just like, you know what? I don't even need to see what it registers at. Um, but you only acquire that feel after thousands of reps, you know. But but I think that's a great one. I think a a you know right there with it one a one b is you gotta you gotta find a grill that provides a consistent temperature. And man, I don't care if you want to cook on a stick burner. I don't care if you want to cook on a, a you know, an insulated box, like a, a stumps or a deep South. Um, obviously I cook on Traegers. Um, I will tell you this weekend uh, cooked on drums. Um, and man, I can see why some of you guys are cooking categories on drums. Uh, that flavor, like the brisket, you know, we, we scored in brisket and it had still that succulent juicy that you love, but I called it a steakhouse brisket. You know, yep. it, it, it had a little bit of that, that flavor you get from the Maillard reaction, right. That, that goes along with it. So it's like the best of both worlds, but getting yourself a pit that'll run consistently. You know, when I first started, man, I was working on uh, a couple of cheap ass stick burners and, and man, they, I was throwing a log every 45, you know, 30 to 45 minutes. And dude, you throw a log like that every 30, 45 minutes, by the time it comes time to build that first turn-in box, are, are you making those key decisions on, does it look right? Do I need to do this? Do I need to add a little bit of flavor? Dude, you're so tired. You're just wanting to get it in the box, get it shut and get done. Um, so I would say that those two right there, 1A, 1B are the two things you need to make a great investment in. Right. And I, I agree with you. I don't think, uh, it matters what you're cooking on too much, as long as you know it yes, and you know, when you have to, <clears throat> excuse me, and you know that you have to do certain things, you know, cooking on a drum is way different than cooking on a stick burner, way different than cooking on a pellet grill. However, if you know what you're doing, you can accomplish what you need to accomplish just based on what it looks like, what it feels like, what it tastes like. You can, as long as you know that, you can make those adjustments. Yeah. You, and and, you, and I, I think that's one of the things, too. It's kind of interesting kind of talking about what I've, you know, a little bit of the trigger side of things is it was interesting when I went there and, you know, these guys were like, so what can you do to get these things in, in the hands of competition cooks? And I was like, look, man, let me reach out to my friends. I said, I'm not going to tell anybody they got to compete with them. I just wanted to put them in their backyard and I want them to cook on them. And man, look at all the guys yourself, Fred Robles, you know, Jeff Anderlindy, you know, and Jeff's always cooked on Traegers, but you know, you get it in there and you get it in your backyard and it's convenient, right? Oh man, I want to cook some chicken breast for me and the wife. You turn it on and, and, and you kind of keep cooking on it, cooking on it, cooking on it. It's like, mm. and, and, and then you get a category that struggles, right? Or, and you're like, 
Well, I want to test cook it. I want to get it figured out. Well, what's the easiest thing to test cook on? A Traeger. Traeger. Right? <laughs> you know, when, when you're trying to do it, you know, in the middle of the week, you know, while you're working and taking calls and this and that, it's the easiest way to test cook. And so then some of you guys are like, man, you can turn out some good product on this, you know? And and the other pits you're cooking on are jambos and this and that. And then you got a, you know, a little Traeger over to the side. I think it's kind of cool. So, yeah, once again, I agree with you. I think you can get there with any pit, but it's one that you know, and it's one that can ride at a pretty consistent temperature or, or ride at the temperature you want it to ride at. Let me put it that way. Right, right. And and that's one of those things that it's just knowing it and cooking on it a thousand times. I mean, yep. you know, I I found the energy yesterday to go out and clean my timber line because – I've been at home for a couple of days by myself and I haven't had a pit ready to go. And I'm like, well, this is dumb. I need, this needs to stop right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she's ready to go for today. You mentioned an instant read thermometer. What other purchase of a hundred dollars or less has most positively impacted your competition barbecue? Ooh. Um, besides that under a hundred bucks, uh, competition barbecue. Some tool. Yeah, <clears throat> no, I'm trying something to weird that you might use that nobody else uses. No, you know this is way under a hundred bucks, but I find it to be so damn versatile. And you know, once again, when you're you're competing, you're trying to pack the least amount of stuff as possible. The just a good pair of cotton gloves. You know, cotton gloves that you can throw under your disposables. You know, it makes it to where you can handle hot meat. You can handle hot racks. You don't have to worry about packing five or six different tools. And a bunch, you can get a you know twelve dozen of them for twenty bucks. You know what I mean? But but to me, and that's one of the funny things during the pandemic when we were doing all these like trigger kitchen lives and this and that. People were like, dude, that guy just grabbed that that sheet tray that's been in that trigger for two hours (laughs) with with disposable gloves and it's like no no i didn't i had cottons on it underneath but i I think that's one of those things you have a couple pairs of those laying around camp and you can move anything you need to you know dump charcoal you know the charcoal basket whatever you don't need you know all these different gloves and utensils right on and i they're indispensable um indispensable and you know you realize how much you miss them whenever you got other gloves on and you grab that rack without them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it bites you. It reminds you. Yeah, it's and, and that's a, that's a good one, man. That's you know one of the things I try and do on here is to find stuff that people can take out away from competitions that can help their everyday cook. And everybody should have a pair of these, you know, with them. Maybe it's something Traeger should start putting in the box. Some orange ones. There you go. Yeah, and. uh yeah, the orange ones. <laughs> Dude, let me tell That's you, though, speaking I, of that, the uh, the meat sweats, the camouflage pants that we just did. Yeah. Dude, they sold out in like four hours. It was it was funny because, you know, we're, we were kind of going back and forth on them, and they, they, were, they were pricey to make because we don't want to put anything out there that's chintzy. You know what I mean? So right. kind of when you back into the margins and everything, it's like, whoa, you know, it's a $130 pair of sweatpants. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And uh, and then boom, like, and the amount and like the amount of DMs and text I've gotten, like, dude, how'd I get my hands on those? Are there any extras laying around? Can you hook a bro? Can you hook a boy up? Like, I've probably gotten like three dozen of those. You know what I mean? But uh, tells you that's when you hilarious. Do something cool. Right, and 
I saw him first with Fred did a video of him walking through the room, and I'm like, bro, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. It's hilarious. Let's talk about people a little bit. Who's impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? I don't have to think about that one bit, man. It was it was funny. I'll tell a quick story from this weekend, and um, it kind of sums it up. So uh, get done, turn it in. We go make a walk, and uh, there's Rub Bagby from Swamp Boys and a gentleman from Seven Sins Barbecues over there talking to him. And so I didn't want to interrupt. I kind of walked over and, you know, just kind of put my arm around the hut and my rub's neck and squeezed him and said, hey, man, how things go today, blah, blah, blah. And the guy from Seven Sins goes, oh, my God, it's the two godfathers of Florida barbecue. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> let me correct you. I said, that's the godfather of Florida barbecue and pointed at Rub. And Rub goes, yeah, and Chad's my godchild. He's like, so so Rub Bagby, um, without a doubt, had the most impact on my competition barbecue career. Um, he was just a guy, you know, I knew of him because he was dominating when I got into barbecue. You know, guys got 64 grand championships. I mean, and, and man, when I was in it, he was tough as nails, bro. He was one of those guys that was always going to get his seven to get to the jack. Um, you know, just a heck of a cook. And he... I bought a Stumps gravity fed, not sorry. I bought a Stumps charcoal maze cooker from him and um, never forget went over and picked it up, picked his brain a little bit. Um, and the one thing about rub was rub would never give you the playbook. He would, he would, you know, I'd go over to him. I said, look, man, you know, practice cook port this week. You know, here's exactly what I did. Um, here's when I pulled it. Here's what I thought about it after I, you know, rested it and sliced it and boxed it and let it sit for 10 minutes. You know, when I opened the box, like a judge would, you know, it looked like this to me. It tasted like this. And he'd be like, all right, well, let's go back to that wrapping stage and let's add this and this and take this out. Uh, let's take the finished temperature up two degrees and let me know how that turns out. Um, and he was just that, that guy. And then he did. And, and so then we were like pretty consistent top 10 team but we hadn't popped a GC. So rub has his first class. And I'm like, dude, I wouldn't miss this for the world. I cut out my left arm to go to it. So me and Matt Van go down there or go up there, live Oak Swanee, do the cop, do the class. And then we said, um, we're coming back, driving back home. And there was a contest the next weekend that I tried signing up for, but they had already sent my money back. But we wanted to cook so bad. Like, I literally took 37 pages of notes. And when I got home, I was so amped up. When I got home, after that long-ass weekend, I stayed up until 5 in the morning. And I put all of Rub's notes in Visio diagrams. And so, and, and the Visio <laughs> no diagrams. Shit. Yes. So, I, I did the I, – I probably still got them somewhere on an old computer. But, yes, his whole – all four category program was broken out into Visio diagrams. And, um, like, seriously, like, if yes, boom, if no, you know, obviously terminate, but, you know, and, and just, I showed it to Rub, and he's like, do not ever let any copies of that get out. He's like, because that is, he's like, that is as streamlined as I've ever seen someone document. And, man, we put a couple of our own little tweaks on it, and, um, and man, and so we go to the next contest, so we, we have to fib a little bit. And Matt Van, if you've never met Matt Van, and you have, he is a wide open character. You, you think all I'm the way of, open? <laughs> dude, you think I'm a lot of fun, and I never turn off. She, 
I cannot hold a stick to that cat. Um, and so Van calls me on Monday morning and goes, hey, man, you're about to get a call from the organizer. We're in this weekend. So organizer calls me. I said, hey, this is Chad. She was Chad. She goes, I just got off the phone with Jeff Stevens. And I was like, okay. She's like the director of production for foodblitz.tv. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, I had no idea they wanted to come down here and film a pilot for a TV show on you guys. <laughs> That's how we got into the sold out contest. So I'm like, yeah. You know, she's like, yeah, just bring the entry fee in cash. Like, how much room do you need? I was like, I got a 20 foot trailer. She's like, dude, we'll put you right behind the beer garden. No problem. And so <laughs> I call Van and I'm like, dude, this is great. But we got to come up with a film crew, bro. He's like, dude, I'm already a step ahead of you. He's like, my brother's got a couple of stoner buddies that film alt rock concerts. They've got cameras and they've got mics. He's like, they'll do it for a hundred bucks cash and all the barbecue they can eat and all the beer they can drink. <laughs> so yeah, we get out there, we get set up. Dude, I went on, I went on uh Microsoft Word and printed off a bunch of consent disclosure forms for filming. So like we had a clipboard of like all these disclosure forms. I had dude, as soon as we got there, I had the contest organizer sign one. Like, dude, we were looking like official. These guys come out there, like they look like they just got off the plane from LA, like pointy shoes, skinny jeans, like, and dude, we played this thing to the hilt. And um, dude, we turned in to our point our, at that point in our career, the best four boxes we had ever turned in. <laughs> and, and so I'll never forget. There's a, a, the John Beard dealer was right next to us. And he had been at that event every year. I think at that time it was like a 14 year event. And he came back after I get it. I take him a sample every turn in. And he comes back after brisket and he goes. And I'd probably had a couple sodas by, by this point. And he said, uh, y'all go win today. I said, well, sir, what makes you think that? And he said, uh, been doing this 14 years ago. That's, a, that's the best four bites of barbecue I've ever had at this event. It was from on the same day from the same team. Wow. And I was like, dang, man. I said, so, so you're confident. He was very I said, all right, cool. Which one of them John Deere's you gonna let me drive on stage? <laughs> and dude, without a hesitation, he goes, Well, everybody knows we got the lawnmower. Everybody knows we got the gator, but nobody knows we got this new mini gator. I said, All right, man, that's what I'm taking up there. If we do. Is this real? Real as hell, dude. It was uh Pig on the Pond, 2010, Claremont, Florida. If you ever have Rub on the show, he could verify the whole story. Um so we go to awards. It's a 30 person team. That's all they can fit. And dude, it was, we walked the dog. It was like a second chicken, first brisket, fourth pork, first brisket. And so, man, we come off the stage from brisket and there's this John Deere guy standing in the back of the mini gator waving the keys. <laughs> and so I go back there and he's like, all right, man, here's forward, here's reverse. I'm like, oh, we're doing this. All right, all right. So I get this thing, they call reserve, and I start to wheel this thing up there. And uh, At the time when we were coming up, there was another great barbecue team that kind of came in at the same time as we did called Team Unknown. And Team Unknown was uh, Papa Clark, Dorsey, JW. Um, and 
Papa Clark says, none of your boys go right up there with you? I was like, they're too scared, Papa Clark. He's like, man, I'll ride shotgun with you. Let me jump in this thing. And so they call us for grand, and I wheel that thing up there to the stage. And organizer's like, whoa, you know what I mean? So, you know, she's like, Chad, you got anything you want to say? And dude, never give Chad Ward a hot mic. That's probably rule number one. That's probably rule number one in life, bro. And um, and I said, yeah, I got a little something I'd like to say. And I was like, hey, rub baby, won't you stand up? And I was like, I'm gonna tell all you guys right now. For any of y'all that have been thinking you want to know what a grand championship feels like, and this and I was like, man, seven days ago we were at Rub's class and we were, you know, a consistent top ten team, just like a lot of y'all out there. I said, and do one weekend with that guy, and you can see where we are now. I said. No offense, but we dominated y'all today. I said, so if you want to dominate somebody at your next contest, you need to go talk to that guy. Wow. Rub, Rub sold two full classes that day. But That's... he is one of those guys that if I go to him now, he'll give me advice just like he did back then. So much mutual respect and love for each other, man. And I'm so happy to see that guy, you know, because the other thing about Rub, too, just talk about what kind of guy he is. I mean, you know, Rub dedicated his career to special needs kids. And yep. teaching them. And man, there's a soft place in my heart for people like that that make that kind of sacrifice and uh, not, not a sacrifice, but but have that kind of patience right. and just and just love giving back to that. Because it, it, it's a very hard, very, very hard job, even harder than just regular teaching. But uh, man, so much respect for that guy. And uh, and uh, probably wouldn't be here where I am today without him. Yeah, he's a great guy. And he's uh, I need to have him on here. I've uh, I've approached him about being on here, and he's like, ah, I don't cook anymore. And I'm like, it's not about that, bro. You're no. you're one of the OGs. You're one of the people whose stories that we need it to needs get. to be told. Needs to be told. It needs, needs to be, to be on told. record. And uh, I remember I won a seat to one of his classes. He did one of those online auctions. And yep. I went down there, and I was like, he starts off with, I'm not going to show you what I do in a competition. I'm like, bro. <laughs> I just traveled a long way to be here. Had a little too much fun in Tampa the night before. <laughs> but I, I remember walking away going, man, I just learned so much about cooking. Not just yep. competition barbecue, but cooking. Well, that, in, in, uh, in, ta- in talking to Rub, I think he always taught the technique. I think the one thing is you always maybe got a flavor profile, the last flavor profile. So he was... Pretty, you know, changing it, you know, not super often, but enough. Um, and, and I think that was it. But, man, yeah, I mean, I, I learned, you know, like, I remember I never had an idea on how do you separate the point and flat without just butchering one or the other. And that was one of the great things I took from his class. Like, there was just yeah. little things like trimming chicken. I learned a ton of in his class about how to trim chicken. Absolutely. And, it, you know. He's just a great guy and just so much knowledge and just salt of the earth. You know, he's one of those guys that, you know, Florida OG barbecue. People don't understand Florida OG barbecue until they go to Florida and experience it themselves. That's 100% accurate. Well, I knew this would happen. It's, uh, we've hit our time limit and I asked you like four questions. That is all right, man. I will. Uh, I am more than happy to come back on. I know we got a lot more to talk about. Um, we got to do a part two, but I got to hit you with these rapid fires real quick. Do it because that's what the people demand. All right. Don't want to make them unhappy. No, we, we got to take care of the people, <laughs> old boy. What do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? Entitlement. Oh wow! 
Okay, that could be a whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, it, it is. But yeah, we, we and, and we can put on that later. But but it's it's you know the the world owes me this or this brand owes me that. No man, nobody owes you nothing. You know, I I, I always felt like the, the the power of social media was allowing people to share their passion, not people going out trying to create a career and monetizing it. Right, right. Do you have a favorite pre, during, or post competition meal? Yes, pizza afterwards, always. Always paid for by the winner, correct? Or, or I'd have no problem bringing my big ass home, paying for it myself. <laughs> Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? Um, usually, it's usually a nice bottle of booze. Um, you know, it's probably always good to go with, especially if it's a good friend. You know what they like. You run across a bottle, you know they haven't had. Like, I think that's always cool. Then that allows them to share that with other friends and tell the story how they got it. That's awesome. All right, last one. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with a message on it for millions of people, what would it say and why? Oh, man. Uh, It would probably say cooking brisket fat side up does not moisturize the meat. Myth demolished. (laughs) Myth demolished. I, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Keeping it lighthearted, that would be, (laughs) besides besides using it to cure, you know, world peace or cancer or hunger, uh, it would just be. Stop cooking that thing, fat side side up. It does not moisturize the meat. Myth demolished. Myth demolished. That's amazing. Yeah. It's physically impossible for that. I I always tell people, and people, when I say that in class, like back when we did in-person classes, like I look like the guy with the crazy shorts, but also three heads. Like, man, what do you mean? I grew up my whole energy. Guys, it's real simple. How does an oil-based fat moisturize a water-based muscle fiber? Like, we learned that, like, way, like, I don't know. I went to Polk County schools, and I knew it by second grade, so that means everybody everybody else knew it by kindergarten. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, we definitely have to do a part two. I'm going to hold you to that, old boy. Absolutely. I would say let's do it next week, but I got to – I got to cook uh, Buffalo tenders for Barry Sanders at the Super Bowl. So, you know, what are you going to do? Oh, man. Barry Sanders. I met Barry Sanders. Dude, I met him two years ago at uh, at the fix? Super Bowl. He is the most unimposing dad bod guy ever right now. He's a dick. Well, he was so, a jerk to you? No. Well, uh, so I met him, Jerry Rice, and Marcus Allen at the same time. Okay. I'm getting my picture taken with him. I looked at Barry Sanders and I said, you destroyed a day of my childhood. And mind you, Barry is not big. No. He's a little little guy and I'm towering over Barry. I'm like, you you really messed up a day of my childhood. And he just looked at me and I went, Sun Bowl, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. You and Thurman Thomas both went over 200 yards rushing. I was like, it devastated me as a child. <laughs> and Barry went, Barry, very kind of laughed, and uh, Jerry Rice said, I remember that game, and Marcus Allen looked at Jerry Rice and said, you don't remember that shit. And I just, I was just sitting there in complete and total awe, like, this just happened. <laughs> you know? No, no, it was, it was yeah, he is, he is such like a small dude. Um, but, you know, the other thing, tell me, you gotta, I mean, you thought he ruined your childhood. I mean, how many years that guy had to play in Denver that ruined his adult life? Or in Detroit that ruined yeah. his adult life? <laughs> right, he kind of got payback for it. So, Dude, it was so funny. I saw a guy this weekend at Pig Fest, 
he came over. He was he was buddies with somebody that we knew, and I somebody shook you know introduced me to him. I shook his hand. And he's wearing a lion jacket, and I said, "Bro, you don't need a handshake. You need a hug." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, listen, let's get together and do part two. I'm gonna try and have Rub on in between. That, that sounds awesome. I'll text him and tell him I did the show and had a great time with you. You'll be reaching out. All right, bud. Thanks right, a lot. Man. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, brother. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and to share it out with your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke TikTok as well. Old Virginia Smoke, one word. That's all you have to search for. It's hilarious. Tune in next week for another great episode of Pitmaster. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedanka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2022.